Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This is Mutual. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. you always do that. Do what? Hum while you're reading the newspaper. Does it bother you? No, of course not. It does make it hard to concentrate, though. What are you working on, then? Today's crossword puzzle. And you're after telling me you actually have to concentrate for that. Why wouldn't I? You teach university back in America, that's why. Canada, Auntie Brige. I teach in Canada. Canada's part of America, isn't it? Not to Canadians. Well, wherever. You're still a professor, are you not? So what's so difficult about a wee poor puzzle in an Irish newspaper? Because this particular wee poor puzzle is all about Irish ancient history, about which this wee poor Canadian professor knows almost nothing. Maybe I can help. Okay, three across, four letters, Irish hero king, starts with a B. Hmm. Beats me. That's seven letters. No, I mean, I don't know the answer. Here's another hint. Also a brand of Irish vodka. Oh, then that's easy. Boru. B-O-R-U. Brian Boru. 11th century. Big, huge, red-haired man. Very hairy. Snored something terrible, too. It doesn't say anything here about snoring. Brian was the first real high king of the Celts. Called himself Emperor of the Irish. Nobody thought he meant it, of course. Which was a pity... Because he did. I believed him, though. B-R-O... No, no, it's B-O-R... Wait a minute, you? Yes, you. O-R-U. No, no, I, I don't mean the spelling. I mean you, Auntie Breeze. You just said that you believed Brian, like you knew him personally or something. Well, what's the next question on the crossword? Um, famous battle between Vikings and Celts fought on Easter Sunday for control of medieval Dublin, eight across. Starts with a C. Yes. The Battle of Clontarf. Except that it wasn't fought on Easter Sunday. They got that wrong. It was fought on Good Friday, at dawn, in 1014 A.D. Wow, a long time ago. That depends on who you ask. Next question? You know, Auntie Brige, for a little old Irish innkeeper, you're pretty good at this. What's the next question? Nine up, Princess of Ireland. That's all? Isn't that enough? That depends on the princess. Now, let's see. Let's see. It's, it's nine letters, if that's any help, and starts with a G. Oh, sacred heart of Jesus, of course it helps. Now just go and get that book off the shelf, would you? The one with the brown leather cover. This one? Aye, just let it fall open wherever it wants to. Good. Now see there, see that family tree on the left-hand page? Uh-huh. Now just read it out, what it says right next to that entry there. 
Brian Boru, High King of Ireland. What's it say right next to the word married? It says a lot of things. Looks like he was a busy guy in the marriage department. Married four times? Oh, at least. Read off the names of his wives, would you, darling? Okay, um, I'll try. Brian Boru, also Brian Mex Kennedy, born 941 in Thomond County, Clare, married Mo Injun Eden, daughter of noble blood, and... Ah, Hayden. That's the one what went mad. The first one, that is. Okay, second wife, Princess of Leinster, called... Gore. Oh, hell, Auntie Breach. I can't even begin to guess how you pronounce it. All these years you've been coming to visit me and you've still not learned a word of the Gaelic now, have ye? Gaelic isn't just a language, Breach. It's an entire way of life. Now, would you please just tell me, what was this princess's name? It was Gormla. Gormla! Oh, mother! Are you addressing me? How many mothers do I have stalking the ramparts of Dublin Castle? Leave me alone, I'm working. That's what I was afraid of. Wait right there, I'm coming up. Mother, I've told you a thousand times, you can't keep patrolling the city walls like this. It makes the men nervous. Ha! You mean it makes the men excited? Eager for battle, among other things. I don't follow. No, that's exactly the problem with you, Citric. You do follow. You follow anyone with a bigger voice, a bigger army, a bigger ambition than you have. You follow when you should be leading. That is why I lead in your place, and I do, brilliantly. (laughs) By skulking around the castle walls day and night and hurling your weird Celtic curses across the field at Brian's camp... That's hardly a model of effective leadership, Mother. You're half-Celt, too, my darling, whining Viking child. Don't you forget that. Don't worry. There's not much chance my wife would let me, her being Brian Boru's eldest daughter and all. See? Now, that's exactly what I was talking about. Your fabulous mother arranges you a marriage with the daughter of the most important man in Ireland. And what do you do? You spend the rest of your life complaining about it. If you think Brian's so important... Why didn't you stay married to him, then? I had other fish to fry. Like what? Or who? Like your father, Olaf, king of the Dublin Danes. And like you, Citric, my son. After all, it's a mother's duty to look out for her children, isn't it? I must make certain that you get your rightful inheritance, your father's throne. I'm not entirely sure I want my father's throne. He spent his life plunged up to his elbows in blood now, didn't he? Somehow that doesn't appeal to me. Well, at least he didn't whine about it. No, he didn't. There's precious little time for whining when you're so busy slaughtering people. He was a strong man, your father, and a great warrior. And you've learned nothing from him. Not true. I learned that, given the choice, I'd rather rule through diplomacy than by death, which is why we will not engage the Irish army in battle tomorrow. Wrong, Citric. We will fight tomorrow. We will not. We will, too. Will not. Will, too. Mother, I don't want to go down in history as the king who led his people into carnage right in the middle of Holy Week. Do you want to go down in history as a king at all? 
Well, yes. Then tomorrow we fight, whether it's Eastertide or not. Citric Destiny is supremely unconcerned about dates on a calendar. When it's time, it's time. If the whole truth be known, Mother, I'm not sure I ever want to fright Brian Boru at all. <sighs> Men are never sure what they want, much less what they need. So they grab at everything, and that's why we have war. All men? Most men. Your father, certainly. And my second husband, Malachi Moore. Even my third husband, even him out there. You mean Brian. Aye. It's a funny thing. You always call Brian Boru him or he. For as long as I can remember you've done that, Mother. Why do you never say his name? Oh, Citra. Citric, citric. Even those dreary, droning Christian monks would know that. What's that saying their little god gave them? Speak of the devil and he shall appear? I don't get it, Auntie Breeze. What were the Vikings doing in Dublin? Occupying the city, of course. The Vikings? Oh, hi. Don't they teach you anything about the world over there in the U.S. of A.? Canada. Whatever. The thing of it is, Dublin was conquered by the Danes, them what your lot call the Vikings, in 837 A.D. And then they held on to it, darling, for another good 200 years or so after that. So then, how did a half-Irish guy like Citric get to be king? Through his mother. Look again at the family tree. See Gormla's marriage record. Oh, my God. Brian wasn't the only one who was busy. Not at all. Herself also had an impressive number of... What's that modern word for someone you wake up with? Oh, yeah, partners. It says here she was married three times. And hey, her third husband was Brian Boru. Impressive, isn't it? Three husbands, all of them kings, all of them rivals. And two of them staring at her across the field of battle. Thank you, Mother, for agreeing to this. I can't believe I let you talk me into visiting Sark. Royal wizard indeed. His days of glory are long gone. Sunk into a pitcher of ale they are. Sunk deep. Now you never know. He might have something to tell us. You just wanted to get me down here off the ramparts. Ah. Uh, here we are. The dungeon. <laughs> My favorite place. Sark? Sark! Damn it! hate it when that happens. Sark, is that you? Who wants Are you to down know? here? See what I mean? It's Citric Silkbeard, king of the Viking Danes, and his mother... Out! You were saying? Mm. It's Gormla, princess of Ireland, and her son, Citric Silkbeard. Oh, no. In that case, enter and step into the realm of power. Ha! I wouldn't bet on it. Princess Gormla, how... Invigorating to see you here in my humble quarters again. It's been a long time. Did we catch you napping, as usual? Mother, please. Hello, Sark. How go things with you tonight? Not too badly, Your Majesty. Not too badly. Of course, I am a little bit tense, like all of us. What with Brian Boru, Malachi Moore, and the combined military might of Celtic Ireland bearing down on our hapless city and all. But otherwise, things are fine. Ha! <laughs> Malachi Moore and him. Big deal. I know both of those men far better than either of you, and I'm not the slightest bit tense. No, of course not. Takes quite a lot to make you tense, doesn't it, madam? Mm. When you were saying things are fine, Sark, are you speaking personally 
What professional? My son wants to know if you've done an oracle yet. No, Your Majesty. Well, then, you better get busy, wizard. The king and I are here to avail ourselves of your professional services. He has a man's question to ask the fates about tomorrow's battle. And I, come to think of it, I have a... A woman's question? A question, period. I am, as always, at your majesty's command. Now, if you just give me a moment to prepare the room... Why? What's wrong with it? Looks the same as usual. I only wish to be as helpful and as accurate as I possibly can, your highness. Especially in so momentous a matter as who shall rule all Ireland. All Ireland? I thought we were fighting over Dublin. Whoever controls Dublin controls Ireland. That's the first rule of warfare in Mother Eyre, which ought to have been bred in your bones. Are you sure you're my son? I bet you're a changeling. <clears throat> Sire, your highness, perhaps we could just step a bit closer to the fireplace and begin. And so Sark tried to predict the outcome of the great battle on the night before it happened. It cost the poor man what little was left of his nervous system, trying to see into the future for two of the three people most deeply affected by it. Gormla enjoyed watching him sweat it out, of course. She liked watching her men sweat. Why did they put up with it? Because she was absolutely gorgeous. A giant of a woman with emerald green eyes and russet red hair. And Gormla knew how to use that. Seduction was natural to her, like breathing. She smoked with lust. It rose up around her like wisps of rising steam. Wow. Aye. And she was absolutely brilliant, too. As educated as Charlemagne and as charismatic as Cleopatra. And absolutely, positively fearless. If she'd have been born a man, she'd have given Brian Boru a run for his money as High King, I tell you. How come we never hear anything about this Gormla if she was so remarkable? She was a woman, Kyle, my dear. And who do you think writes the histories? Men. Aye. Monks, even more to the point. Do you think now that they'd be likely to fill the pages of all those pretty illuminated texts with stories of a wild, promiscuous warrior queen, even if she did call herself a Christian? Promiscuous? Let's just say energetic, then. There were a lot more men in Gormla's life than are listed on her marriage record. It's sad, though. That's the only thing that history remembers about Gormla, that she was itchy in the sheets. Well, the monk's history, at least. I see. You said that Citric and Gormla were only two of the people most deeply affected by the Battle of Clontarf. Who was the third? Who do you think? Ryan! Ryan Boru! Are you in there? Who disturbs my war council like this? It's only me, your family bard. And don't try to fool me. Your war council ended an hour ago. I met your sons leaving to get a little drink after the meeting. And by the way, Brian, your family bard should be at your war councils if you're going to be recorded for posterity. Now, Carol, we've been through this before. A hundred times, at least. Well, if you'd only actually listen to me about it, we could stop at 101 now, couldn't we? A king's bard is meant to preserve the king's deeds, not reveal his plans. Sing about my victory in arms, Carol, not my twisted thoughts on the night before I do them. And why should your thoughts be twisted tonight, Brian? Come inside my tent. We'll talk about it. I can feel eyes watching me from the castle walls over there. There. That's better. Would you like some wine? Yes, thank you. 
Here, Brian, a toast to triumph tomorrow and fame throughout the centuries. To me. Triumph and fame to me, Carol. Let's be very precise about what we wish for tonight, of all nights. All right, then. To Brian Boru. May he win his heart's desire in tomorrow's battle. Why are you so skittish? Things are looking well for you. Every fighting man in Celtic Ireland is here by your side, and not a few of her fighting women, too. Well, that's not strictly true. Citric has lured a fair number of Irish traitors to his cause with his usual promises of plunder and power. And then there's the men from the Orkneys and the Hebrides, too. Don't forget, that damned Dane has called in Norse from all across the Viking world. We face a ferocious lineup, Carol. The Vikings have courage. So what? You forget that you've got your own Viking allies from Cork and Limerick. Plus, you've got the King of Meath on your side... Altogether, it's still a mystery to me how you ever convinced Malachi Moore to stop fighting you long enough to fight Citric instead. Ah, but is having Malachi Moore on my side an advantage or a liability, I wonder? The man's treacherous for all his soft ways and sweet smiles. No matter what treaties he makes, he breaks them as soon as he needs to. And in the deepest part of his heart, he hates me, Carol. He's never forgiven me for taking the high kingship away from him. It's a might unsettling to go into battle with a man like that protecting your back. More wine? Of course. And then, of course, there's the thing that you are so carefully not mentioning. Citric's deadliest secret weapon. No? What would that be? You know as well as I do. Gormla. What do you see? For someone who had to be dragged down here, Mother, you've suddenly become very insistent. What changed? Let's just say I felt a shift in the wind. Sark, I'm waiting for an answer. Is he still afraid of me? Mother, control yourself. Let's start concentrate. The answer is unclear, madam. Look, see how cloudy the crystal is? The gods are being coy tonight. Then coax them out, wizard, by fondling or by force. Do whatever it takes. If you can remember how. Mother. Perhaps her highness has some suggestions. Perhaps a court wizard can stop guzzling ale long enough to do his job. Mother, please. All right. Here, try using the pendulum. It's always worked for me. Now, let me ask you again. Is he still afraid of me? What a ridiculous idea. Gormla has no real power and you know it. Do I? Do you? And what's that supposed to mean? Only that Citric may control the army, but his mother controls Citric, and perhaps someone else besides. What the devil are you driving at? What do you think? I think that even old friends and royal bards can go too far. Excuse me now, would you? I forgot to sharpen my sword for tomorrow. Brian, I am your old friend, and that's why I have to speak up about Gormla. What's that? Can't hear you. It's no good fooling yourself about her, Brian. And anyway, you can't fool me. Or the army, for that matter. What about the army? What are they thinking? I don't know what they're thinking, but I know what they're saying. And the muttering around the campfire is that Brian Boru, King of Munster, High King of Ireland, Emperor of the Irish, 
still sucks like a hungry boy at a witch's cold tit. Dear God, if only they knew. Cold, they say? That's what they say. It's an evocative statement, but an inaccurate one. I got over Gormley years ago. Good God, man, I was the one who set her aside. Yes, just like a blinded man sets aside his harp, waiting for the day his vision might clear. Be careful, Carol. Be very, very careful. I still can't see any pattern. I'm sorry, Your Majesty. The runes are making no sense tonight. First the crystal, then the pendulum, now the runes. You have a real talent for failure, wizard. I don't know why we keep you around. Habit, most likely. Most likely. Isn't there anything else we can try? There is perhaps one more thing. What's that? Very rarely, in cases of extreme need, it is permitted to consult the most powerful oracle of all. Oh, no, I think I know what's coming. Sark, are you suggesting? Yes, Your Highness. The ultimate test. The human sacrifice, I hate that. It's so messy. Who cares how you feel, Citric? There's a kingdom at stake here. Sark, can you still do it? And is there anyone suitable we could get a hold of in time? Well, I care how I feel, obviously. Just wait, Mother. One day you'll care how I feel, too. Everyone will care. Well, Sark? Yes, I can still do it, ma'am. But no, there isn't someone available. Not right here in the castle, at least. But perhaps there is someone nearby. Very nearby. I tell you, Carol, I don't like it any more than you do. But you're right, goddamn you. She and I are still linked. Still connected. Somehow. God knows I don't want to be. But there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing. You're wrong. What did you say? I said you're wrong, Brian. There is something you can do, if you're brave enough. You dare to say that to the High King? You dare to question my courage? When you're in danger of losing your kingdom and your soul, yes, I dare. But only because I have faith in your courage, all the way down to the bottom of my bones. I won't take this kind of talk, Carol, not even from you. Maybe not. But you'd take it from her, wouldn't you? And that's what's going to cost you your kingdom, Brian, and cost you your soul and cost you your heart's desire, all in one moment's hesitation. You'll lose everything you hold dear, everything you've worked so hard for all of your life. Unless? Unless you can find it in you to give Gormla exactly what she wants, because that would finally destroy her utterly. And just how would you be knowing what she wants, Bard? Ah, King. Because night after long night, I've lain awake, watching the shadows play on the walls of your tent, and in them I've seen you dreaming it, my friend. We both know what Gormla wants more than anything, Brian. She wants you. And if she can't have you alive... Then she wants me dead. Wait a minute. You're telling me Brian and Gormla were still in love? Even when they went to war against each other? Oh, dear. How do I explain this? It wasn't then like it is now, my darling. Things were 
bigger. People were bigger. They lived bigger lives. And being in love, well, that's really such a small, cramped, modern idea now, isn't it? As if love is nothing but rainbows in springtime. Doesn't sound like there were too many rainbows for Brian and Gormla. No, but there was springtime. In the beginning, there were soft springs full of new lambs aborn and an old scar softening. As Brian and Gormla discovered in each other a heart as large and a soul as hungry as their own. That was in the early years. Then things between them changed. In each of them, the soul's hunger overwhelmed the heart's capacity to feed it. It poisoned their marriage, devastated their love. And then, on April 23rd in the year 1014, spring brought Clontarf, and the skies rained death, and the earth ran red. Do it, Sark. Do the sacrifice. Even under the conditions I outlined, madam? Yes, I have to know. Why, mother? Why do you have to know? What possible difference could it make to tomorrow's battle to learn if Brian Boru is still afraid of you tonight? Oh, he's still afraid of me. You speak with such absolute conviction, madam. I live with such absolute conviction, Sark. Queens have to. If they're ever going to be anything more than pawns, I would think that you, of all people, would remember that. I hate chess. That's because you were never good at it, darling. I used to play chess with him all the time. And with others. Even with Sark here on occasion. On occasion. I do remember, madam. But not with you, Cedric. Never with you. Dice are more your game. Just throw down your roll and take whatever luck the gods send you. Thank you, mother. I'll remember you said that. You still haven't answered my question, though. In fact, you've just compounded it. Why go through all the effort of a human sacrifice when you've already answered your own question? Brian Boru fears you still. Ah, so he does. But that's not really her question, is it, madam? I don't know if I can do it. I can't believe I'm asking you to do it. I can't stand it, really. But this is the only way, Brian. You'll both get what you want. It'll just be more than you bargained for. But what will you tell the army? And what will you tell my sons? That their father died a warrior's death. Because you will. It won't look that way. Who cares how it looks? It's how it really is that matters. Not always, Carol. At least, not to kings. Mm. And to fathers? It depends on the fathers. And on the sons. Your sons will understand, my friend. After all, they're princes, too. And what they don't understand, they'll just accept. The same with the army. They love you. And her? She's always understood, Brian. That's really why you divorced her, isn't it? She understood you all too well. But if you absolutely have to know, the answer to the question you're not asking is yes. She still loves you. I don't want her to love me. I don't. She's too dangerous. I know, I know. But that's precisely why you love her back now, isn't it? She's every bit as dangerous as you are. If I weren't so very dangerous, I'd be very dead by now, Carol. I've lived my whole life as a warrior. Yes, you have. But now, Brian, be a king. Make this catastrophic love affair work for you. One last time. How do I begin? 
empty your mind, make peace with your gods, lie down, be still, and wait. I don't know in what form this thing will come to you, but only you can call it. You'll wait till it's done? You you won't leave before it's over? When have I ever? Mother, I'm telling you, we do not have a single man to spare. Not even for your precious little guessing games with Sark. We need everyone we can get on the ramparts tomorrow, facing down Brian's army. That's precisely why I want one man's blood in the dungeon tonight. Well, you can't have it. I'm the king, and I say we don't have a soldier to spare. Fine. Then let's use you. What? Madam, you can't be serious. Why not use Citric? It's in a good cause, and it's not like anyone will really miss him. Least of all, the army. Who do you think they follow anyway? Not my diplomatic son. No, they follow me. Mother, I'm appalled. Oh, stop being so selfish, Citric. Try doing something helpful for a change. Madam, I'm sure we can find some other donor for the blood we need. Prince Citric is a most inappropriate suggestion. Hounds of hell. All right, Sark. We'll settle for plan B, the old blood-in-the-flames oracle. It's not nearly as effective, but since Citric here is being so stingy... Does plan B still require blood? Yes. My blood? Just a wee little bit, my lord. You'll hardly even feel the knife. I see. How much precisely is... A wee little bit. Sweet, bleeding Christ, Citric. We're running out of time. Look, Sark, if the boy's too jumpy about being cut, then take what you need from me. What? Madam, I couldn't... Oh, for heaven's sake, do I have to do everything myself? Here! Oh! Mother! Why did Gormla do that? It's an old, old oracle, Kyle. Drip royal blood into a sacred fire, and the flames will dance in the image of things yet to come. But why? Because blood makes the gods a promise, me darling, and then fire carries that promise forward to where the fates can hear it. So that's your idea of just a wee bit of blood, eh, Mother? All right, so maybe I got a little carried away. But if something's worth doing, Citric, it's worth doing with commitment. I'll remember that. Meanwhile, you're dripping blood all over the floor. Shall we proceed to the fireplace and get started? By all means, let's get this over with. Over with? Over with? Hear me, Citric, and hear me well. You too, Sark. As long as Brian Boru lives, this will never be over with. I hear you, Mother. And I believe you, Madam. But in the meantime, Mother, please, the rugs... Will you please stop thinking about your interior decorating and start worrying about the fate of our empire in Ireland? Of course, Madam. We are all of us worried. Now, Madam, if you just sit in this chair here and extend your arm over the coals like so. Ah, very good. Perfect. That looks hot and painful. Are you all right, Mother? It's midnight on Good Friday in a drafty, rat-infested 11th century castle, and I'm crouched over an open flame so that the blood from a self-inflicted six-inch gash in my arm can drip into the fire in order to predict which, if any of my sons, lovers, and husbands might still be alive by this time tomorrow night after they've spent the whole night trying to slaughter each other. I just thought maybe you'd like a glass of water or something. No, but thank you anyway. That was very kind of you. Please, can we get on with it? We're losing the night, and the Princess Gornla is losing quite a bit of blood. 
Yes, let's get going. Now, madam, if you would please just close your eyes and take three deep breaths. You don't have to tell me. You've done this before? Once. When I was much younger. Much, much younger. That's enough out of you. What was it you wanted to know, Mother, that was worth peeling your arm open to find out? Oh, Citric, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't know what to do with magic if it hopped into your lap. Try me. You never know. Oh, yes, I do. Don't touch me! Get away from me! Brian! Brian, what's wrong? Who's there? Oh, God! For a moment, I thought... Brian, what is it? I I thought you were asleep. So did I. Maybe I was. And it was only... No, surely, it wasn't a dream. But how could it be anything else? You're bleeding. So I am. You don't seem especially surprised about it. Given what just happened, I'm not surprised at all. In fact, I'm lucky it's only my arm. God, so much blood. You think so? Just wait. Blood! Oh, God, so much blood! Well, here then, put this on your arm. I just had that chair reupholstered. No, don't touch her. Sorry, but she's in a trance, Your Majesty. If you disturb her now, she'll shatter like frozen glass. In fact, perhaps you should leave now, sire. This could soon become very difficult. The princess may need her privacy. No. She's my mother. I'm staying. But I do wish she'd stop muttering about blood like that. She isn't talking about her blood. Brian, I see lots of blood. I don't see any wound. No, but then you wouldn't know, would you? Not yet. Sark, did you hear that? Hear what, my lord? Voices. Male voices right here in the dungeon with us. Here, my lord? Why don't I see any wound, Brian? You told me to open my mind, and I did. And then this opened, too. I didn't think it would be so soon. Ah, Carol, I'm surprised. If anyone knows that the stars keep to their own schedule, it should be you. There it is again. But there isn't anyone here besides us. Get away from me! No one's anywhere near you, Mother. Don't touch me! Shh! Your Highness, breathe deeply. Center your soul. Do you feel the night around you? Do you feel the stars breathing high above you? High above you both? What's going on around here? What do you see, Gormla? What do the whirling flames tell you? So, now we know. All of it. I wish we didn't. Ah, Carol, Carol. Don't worry about me. It'll be over soon. Besides... Then you'll be an honest man when you sing your poems about my hero's death in the hall of the next High King. Oh, Brian, please don't joke about it. Not like that. I have to live with this the rest of my life. How will I stand it? You can stand it, old friend. We can stand anything we have to stand. Besides, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing with commitment. That's what I always said. Brian, did you hear that? It almost sounded like... Aye, it did. Sark, you're actually doing magic, aren't you? Madam? Madam? Do you feel his breath mingling with the dark night wind? Can you feel his thoughts wrapping their warm, snaking arms around your mind? Brian, do you think... 
Do you think she knows? Gormley, you mean? I. Yes, I do. She always knows. Gormla, what do you see? No! Oh, he can't! Oh, no! No! Mother! She's choking! You're a wizard? Do something! Get out of my way, then. Here, turn her to face me. Gormla, daughter of Leinster, princess of Ireland, in the name of all true knowledge and by the authority of the ancient gods and great ones, I, Sark, wizard to the royal house of Dublin, command you, tell me, and in the telling of the thing, be free of it. What do you see? And so then Citric cried out, My God, what was that? And Sark replied, It was an owl. Your Majesty, please, you're standing on my foot. And then Carol said, So she's one then. But Sark was too busy to hear him. Madam? Madam? She's crying. But Brian did hear Carol's words, and he replied, One. Hmm. One. Three letters. Only three. What a small word for such a great price. I don't believe it. My mother crying? She doesn't even know how to weep. You need to have a heart before it can be broken. Look for yourself, then. I'll be damned, it's true. She is crying. Yes, everyone cries sometimes, sire. Even kings. Even Gornla. But, but why? She's sobbing. What can she possibly see in the flames to make her weep like that? Everything she's ever wanted. It's getting late, Brian. I hate leaving you alone tonight, knowing... knowing what we do. It's all right. Go get some sleep. I'll be fine. I'm ready. How can anyone ever be ready for that? Oh, you'll know when your own time comes. At least I hope you will. Not everyone does, I suppose. Just us lucky ones. You can stand here on the eve of the goriest, bloodiest, and most brutal battle of your life, seeing so clearly, so cruelly, how it will end, and you can say to me that you are one of the lucky ones? Aye, I can. That's why they'll sing songs about you until history's gassed her last breath, Brian Boru. Not because of the battles you've won, or the castles you've taken, or the nation you forged, but because you can stand here now and say that. And mean it. And even when there's only me to hear you. Get some sleep, Carol. You're starting to talk foolish. Good night, then. Good night. And, Brian, I'm sorry. It only hurts for a minute or two, you know. Good night, my lord. My friend. Go on with you now. Gormla, are you there? I've missed you so much. Who's she talking to? Who do you think? Brian, I'm sorry. We each have our own part, Gormla. It has to be like this. It's the only way. Yes, I know. Just one thing, though. Why the axe? Brian, I don't know. I see. Go to sleep, Gormla. I'll see you tomorrow. Sweet dreams. Good night, Gormla. I'm sorry, too. Sark, tell me, who's she talking to? Certainly not you. Welcome back, madam. I was wrong, Sark. 
Drink and time haven't dented your talents one bit. I went far this time, so very, very far. I'm exhausted. Would you like to rest for a bit, Mother? Rest? Rest? You must be joking. There's too much to do. We have a battle to fight tomorrow, you and I. Unless, of course, you'd rather just sit back and accept the roll of the dice. Personally, I do not. Destiny's dice, madam. Huh. Perhaps. We'll see. In the meantime, I want the guards doubled at every city gate and archers strung out along the northern wall with extra arrows laid in at every platform. All right. And then set the women to filling every single thing in the castle that can hold water. You're expecting a siege? No. I'm expecting flaming arrows. Brian may have what it takes for a siege, but Malachi's much too impatient. You just called him Brian. Then... Drag out all those old pony carts we've got stored in the horse shed and fill them full of rags, old clothes, anything that will burn. Pull them to the southern side of the castle hill and tie them facing down towards the sea. Leave flint and tinder and a man with a very sharp knife stationed next to each wagon, ready to set them alight and chop them loose at a moment's notice. Brian will try at least one flanking movement before the battle's done. Mother, did you hear me? You just called him... Okay, and one more thing. Your hired thugs from Orkney on the outer islands. You mean my Viking brothers in arms? Give them each a belly full of hot meat and a full skin of wine. Then have them say their prayers and slip them into the trees in the forest just north of the city. The Irish will stumble through there just about midday tomorrow. They'll be tired, and most of them will be wounded, and they won't be expecting any trouble once they reach the forest. How do you know that, madam? How do you think? Ah, These are good ideas, Mother. I'll issue each Viking a spear from our armory, too. No, Citric, don't. They mustn't use spears, nor swords, either. How do you expect them to fight, then? Listen closely, Citric. I can stand to say it only once. Tell your precious Vikings to use the battle axes. Did you hear me? Tomorrow, they must use the axe. Now, I'm going to bed. Let no one disturb me till dawn. Axes in the forest? That's absurd. They won't have room to swing. Just do what she said. Sark, what did my mother see in the flames? She saw that it isn't really a sacrifice, Your Majesty, unless you give up something that you can't without. So, then the rumors are true. Despite being a Christian, my mother is also a very great witch. You could put it that way. Or you could say that she's a very great warrior. What do you mean? She looked into the fire. She saw what she saw in the flames. It ripped the skin off her soul and blasted her heart into a black smoking cinder. And then she went ahead and did it anyway, because she knew it needed to be done. If that's not being a warrior, then what is? But all the history books say that Brian Boru won the Battle of Klontarf. And so he did. Brian devastated the Danish army at Klontarf and broke the back of Viking rule in Ireland. Citric was forced to make terms with the Irish, so that even though he continued to run the city for the next 50 years, he didn't actually rule it. Thousands of his hired thugs from the Orkneys were slain. And not long after Klontarf, Gormla went mad. Lived another sixteen years, she did, and never stopped speaking aloud to Brian Boru, even though he was long gone. 
Poor Brian. No. You're not saying that Brian died at Clontarf. I am saying that very thing. Brian Boru and all his sons who were with him that day, and his grandson besides, all struck down dead with their blood pooling on the ground beneath them. Well, at least Brian died in battle the way he would have wanted it. Oh, but the thing of it is, he didn't. There now, kitten, just be patient, will you? The good priest will be coming for these scrolls in just a moment, and I'm so very close to being done with the tale. Now then. And so it came to pass that on Good Friday, in the year of our Lord, 1014, a great battle was joined between the Viking king, Citric Selkbeard, and Gormla, princess of Leinster. And Malachi Moore, the king of Meath, and Brian Boru, emperor of the Irish, on the other. At the plain of the sea, also called Clontarf, nearby Dublin. And by the grace of God and the wisdom of Brian, the Irish prevailed, slaughtering the Norse in their thousands as the tide pushed their Viking longships back onto the beach where the invaders fell to Celtic swords. Calm yourself, princess. I'll be feeding you in just a minute now. But it also happened that just as the battle was ending, a fleeing Norseman related to Citric came across Brian Boru praying for victory in his tent, where he had promised to his advisors he would wait until the battle was over to keep himself safe for the high kingship. Princess, just wait. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. God, I hate this part. And recognizing the great warrior, the fleeing Norseman struck him a mighty blow with his terrible war axe, cleaving the king's head in two down to his chest. And the dying king struck out his assassin with a hand that was already dead and so killed the Viking even as he himself fell to the ground. And thus ended the Battle of Clontarf. Carol chief scribe to the house of Brian McKennedy, also called Boru, Anno Domini, 1015. So everybody won at Clontarf, and everybody lost. What Gormla wanted, deeply wanted, was Brian Boru dead. What Brian wanted was victory over the Vikings. They each got their heart's desire, and it broke both their hearts. Wow, what a story. It is indeed, and no question about it. One thing still confuses me. How do you know all this? Let's just say I keep my ears open, I do. Come on now. We'd better finish the crossword puzzle, eh? It'll be time to leave for bingo soon. Here, give me the newspaper. All right. What happened to Sark? He stopped drinking and learned to make illuminated manuscripts. And to Carol? Had his head shaved and took to raising cats. Never became a monk, though. Okay, here we go. Five down, five letters. Name Ireland's most important natural resource. Bono. That's only four letters. I don't know, then. Me either. So, just take a wee quick peek in the fire for me, would you, darling?
You're tuned into Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is all things horror on Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day or find Tuesday Terrors in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together. Together.